This message is brought to you by ABC Church in Ammonford, West Wales. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org. Be brave to, to serve God, haven't you? You've got to be brave to love Jesus. That is such bravery to step out in faith and give the word of the Lord. Write that down. My heart is now calm. Thank you so much. Right, so we've got a lot to get through, church. I've brought applied positive psychology with me because that's what we're doing this morning. Are you thrilled? And the word of the Lord, of course. Right, so we're going to kick off with what, you know, conventionally is known as a minor prophet. But I feel a bit bad for the minor prophets. Because imagine, you know, you're the prophet of God and you're doing all that and then you, for history, the whole of the modern church just calls you a minor prophet. Now thankfully they didn't do it for praise, which is lucky, because they're minor prophets, which is just they wrote small books. If you read something like Jeremiah or Isaiah, which is loads of chapters. But this one, Habakkuk, Habakkuk, brilliant name, is only three chapters long. So you have no excuse not to read it. It's three chapters. It's ten minutes of your life. It is wonderful. And do you know what? I think... Do you ever look at the world right now and think, what on earth is going on? You know, you look at the world. Do you look at your life and think, what is going on? But this week, you know, we've got the leader of the free world, allegedly, and the leader of North Korea exchanging schoolyard bibes at each other, jibing away at each other. And I just think, this is not good enough. Am I the only one? So I watch it and I think, that is not good enough. That is not good enough. Where our lives are at the behest of two kids who are shouting at each other, my dad's bigger than your dad. Right? Well, let me tell you, my dad is bigger than both their dads. Right? And that's what we hold on to. That's what we believe in, and that is how we push forward. So Habakkuk is a prophet. And at this time, okay, by the way, if you haven't already heard it, please go back one week and listen to Pastor Phil's message on Ask. That's what triggered this word for me. It's an amazing message. It's about our relationship with God and how we ask for stuff, how we don't get because we don't ask correctly. But it's about communication with God and with each other. Yes? Hold on to that today because that's what this is all about. Communication. And if you have an issue with today's word, I would remind you of two things. One, it's all in here. Okay? So if you have any queries about what I've said, please read the Bible. One. Is that all right? People are like, oh, um, okay. Don't go to a website. Don't go to a pastor you like online. Don't listen to, um, don't go to verse of the day. Don't go to word of the day. Don't go to a friend. Don't go to anybody who's going to give you an opinion on the word of God. Go to the word of God. Please? That is what I am asking. Okay, the second thing I'm going to tell you today is, if you have an issue, you need to take that up with the word of God. If you have an issue with what I'm saying today, clearly you need to take it up with God. Because yeah. we've just been told, oh, I cannot believe that he interests five foot one Andrea Parry from Llangenech with the word of God. Mm-hmm. I can only think that God must be uh, infinitely more wise than I am. Mm-hmm. But he has. And I say this not with any sense of pride, but with a sense of humility that says this word was dearly bought. Okay. I have had to sit there in prayer and think, do you really want me to say this, Lord? So actually, if I offend you, that 
is with you. I apologize, that is not my attention, but if you are offended, I would suggest you need to read your word and pray to God because my intention is not to offend. What I am bringing is the word of God. Are we all all right with that? Okay, good. That's lovely of you. So, Habakkuk. Now, what was happening at this time, okay? And he was a contemporary of Jeremiah and Nahum, all these people. And what was happening was that Babylon was becoming a world power. So in Judea, there was, it was terrible. Babylon were coming, there was child sacrifice, there was torture, there was brutality at a level we only see on the news that's happening in other countries right now. You see, there is nothing new under the sun, church. Right? What was happening then is happening now. We can close our eyes, we can close our ears and think, actually, it's okay because we're right here and we're safe. But actually, there is nothing new under the sun. And Habakkuk was screaming out to God saying, how long are you going to let bad people get away with it? Anybody ever prayed that prayer? Not about a world issue, but about your life. Be honest. How many times have we gone to God and said, why is this happening to me? How are you letting them get away with it? Why are you letting them get away with it? Can you not do something? I love you. Do something. So Habakkuk takes all his complaints to God and his concerns. And Habakkuk is a godly man. Okay? So his complaints and his concerns are not just rooted in um, pettiness and whining. They are rooted in how can a just God let this happen? You see, what we're coming to is the points that I want to make. Okay? So Babylon is a world power. But this is a journey. I hate the word journey. Okay? I hate it. It's it's a bit X factor nowadays, isn't it? You know, where but actually this is this is about your journey and my journey from a place of fear and insecurity to steadfast faith in the Lord Jesus. Yes? Yes. I watched Sigley come dancing last night and Darcy Bustle says yes a lot when she speaks. And I found it a little bit annoying. So now I'm wondering, maybe I won't do that anymore with you. All right? Yes? <laughs> I'm going to carry on forever saying yes. So this is where we've come to, okay? So, Lee, can you reveal the word of the Lord? Here we go. It's in Habakkuk 3, and he's gone through everything. There is nothing. There is no new wine. Okay? There are no olives in the groves. There is nothing. Babylon has come and destroyed everything. There is no fruit. But this is what he says. Though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes in the vines, though the olive olive crop fails and fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to go on the heights. Amen. Amen Amen and amen. So here we go. So the aim of this message, okay? There is nothing. And Habakkuk cries out to God. But he takes his concerns to God. Not to anyone else. To God. And God gives him an answer. What culminates from his queries and his struggle is a prayer of triumph and faith. And that is my prayer for you this morning, church. That no matter how insecure you are feeling or how fear is driving you, and actually people say, I'm not afraid, then you're missing the point. You see, fear isn't being afraid. Fear is insecurity. Fear is stress. 
Fear is dissension. Fear is arguments. Fear is criticism. Fear is all those negative things that has been cut off from our sinful nature through Jesus Christ our Lord. And we dress it up as other things. But actually God is saying, you cut off all of that and now you stand in a place and you pray a prayer of faith and watch me act for you. Yeah? Yeah? He says, your answer will come, but you have to wait. And that is the answer for some of you this morning, church. You're praying to God. You're calling out for your answer. And he says, you will have your answer. You will see. He tells Habakkuk, you will see things I do. You won't be able to believe what I'm going to do. But wait. Wait. Are you with me? Do not preempt your answer. Do not go pursuing your own agenda to get your answer. That is not an answer from God. You see, when you ask, we ask and we want an answer. But when you ask, I would say, you ask and you wait for God's answer. No, there is a difference, isn't there? You see, I can dress up anything that happens to me when I pray as an answer, if I want to. But waiting for God's answers requires bravery. It requires patience. It requires strength fortitude, commitment. It requires love. You with me? Who wants to be loving? Two hands went up at the back there. So, you know, that's a good ratio. How many of you, and I do want to show of hands, let's go panto, okay? So, how many of you consider yourselves to be loving? Well done, Dawn. Dawn was like that then. I am. I am. No, I'm going to be confident. She got confident as it went up. Oh. How many of you consider yourselves to be loving? Raise your hands. Good. Because do you know what? If you're a Christian, you should be loving. There's no excuse. But actually being loving and considering yourself loving and putting love into action, are those two different things? They absolutely are. And that's what we're going to go on to. So the aim of this message, if you're making notes, I've only got three points. So I will be swift. I won't be swift. I won't. Oh, I don't know why I say it. I'm kidding myself. Right, here we go. Here are the three points. One, communication is key. Yeah? Two, faith supplies the answers. And three, that we struggle and doubt God's sovereignty is undiminished. Okay? Those are the things we're exploring this morning. Here we go. Are you ready? Because that was just a preamble. I didn't have any of that written down. So who knows what will happen. Right, here we go. The name Habakkuk. This is really important to what we're talking about. This is the... I love God because he's in the detail, isn't he? Do you know what Habakkuk means? It means to wrestle. Habakkuk means to wrestle. It means to be also locked in an embrace. Have you ever had that situation where you are in such turmoil and you don't know what to do and somebody comes up to you and crutches you? For the benefit of the tape, that's a Welsh word. Um, It means people are listening on podcasts going, I don't know what crutch is. It's a cuddle. You know sometimes when you're so angry or you're so hurt or you're crying and you need comfort and somebody embraces you and everything in you tries to push them off. It means to be locked in that embrace where you are struggling against love, but love is all around you. Yeah, that was his name. He wrestled with God, but God embraced him. So here we go. Communication is key with God and with each other. We cannot get away with it. We cannot get away from it. It is something we are called to do. Now, I am absolutely aware that communication for some people might be more difficult than others. There are things in this world 
that other people have to deal with. I am very fortunate. I do not. For example, I'm thinking of things like people who are maybe are autistic or who have Asperger's, who have social anxiety, and would find that communication and articulation really, really difficult. Agreed? Agreed. But for those of us who aren't afflicted by that and who are committed to loving the Christ Jesus, it is on you to communicate effectively with people. It is on you to communicate effectively with people as you communicate effectively with God. This, you're not be thinking, yeah, you're not telling me anything I don't know, Andrea. No, that's right. But again, I am leaving this to your heart. Do you do it? Do you do it? Do you ask God? Do you seek God? Are you on your knees in humility asking God what he wants? Or telling him what's up? Because that's all right as well, isn't it? Yeah. That's all right too. Because what matters to you matters to God. You see, your relationships with each other, our relationships with each other rather, matter to God. But our relationship with Jesus really matters to God. You see, if your relationship with Jesus is lacking, your relationship with people will be lacking. You see, it flows. This is what we call fruit. Yes? We are now spiritual people. We are now spirit-driven. So we don't ask just to get. We ask to get God's answer. Do you see? Do you see the difference? It might be minute. It might be a hair. A hair's breadth of difference. But it is a difference. Do you understand? So you're praying to God and complaining to God. That's fine. And asking God and struggling with God and wrestling with God. All fine. Asking him for an answer. But do you really want God's answer or the answer that you want? See? That is what we wrestle for. So what we wrestle for is not the answer we want, but for God's answer. That is the purest relationship we can have with Jesus, is it not? Where what you desire is not what makes your life better, but what makes Jesus bigger. Because when you are connected to him, that will show to other people. We're emotional beings, aren't we? No. Yeah, we are emotional, but we're also supernatural beings. Yes? So what we do is, when something happens to us in one place here, sometimes we travel with it to another environment. Do you understand what I'm saying? So something can happen to you here. You don't resolve that emotion, so you take it with you to the next place you go. Do you understand? So you're in this place, railing against God, going, how is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me? How are you letting them get away with it? How? And because you aren't asking the right question or waiting for the right answer, listen, I'm saying you, I mean me as well, all right? Because we're doing that, the next thing, I go to work. And somebody says something, a comment, a look, and my perception of it reignites all that discontent and railing and struggling within me so I respond to people out of my hurt. Yeah? They haven't hurt me. Something over here is that I haven't resolved. You travel your hurt along your life if you don't resolve it there and then. You with me? And we hurt people because we haven't resolved our own hurts. You know, it's not okay for hurt people to hurt people. Okay? If you are hurt, we abide with you. We stand with you. We pray with you. We love with you. We stand alongside you and we help you. That is what the brothers and sisters and saints are called to do, yes? 
but please, if you are hurt, I can't do it for you. Because if you are here hurting and you decide to hurt someone else, do you know what? You are accountable for it. The person who hurt you isn't responsible for that. Do you get it? The person you say your perception is they're hurting you, they're not hurting that person. You are. How do you resolve that? Your communication with God is key. You take everything to the throne of God. You lay it all down and say, whatever I am, whatever I was, is now yours. Make me a new creation. Take that that is inside me, get rid of it, and replace it with Jesus Christ. And you watch your life change. Trust me, church. Trust me. You do it God's way. You watch God come into bat for you in situations. It's almost like you can go, you got this? Yeah, okay, there you go. You can say, over to you, God. And God's like, move aside, darling, I've got this. You, he does it. Some of you are looking at me as if to say, well, that's, that's rubbish, Andrea. It's not. It's not. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. See how I have set before you two paths. Life and death. Choose life that it might go well with you and your family. Do you get it? Do you get where your communication and your decisions and your relationships and everything that you are should be submitted to the throne of God through Jesus Christ, his son? You are then a spiritual being imbued and revived by the Holy Spirit to change your own life and those of the, in your world. Yeah? yeah? You change people's lives by changing your own life. Yeah. Don't sit there and tell me I can't change. I know it's hard. We had this discussion over coffee, actually. There are some people in this church. I had, <laughs> we had breakfast together. They've heard the whole word. They may need to leave at some point. That's fine. We sat down and we talked this through. And then somebody else said to me, he said to me, do you like change? I said, I love change. And they're like, oh, I don't like change. I love change. I love it. Do you know why? Because if Christ is in you, he will change you to do his way all the time. So I'm constantly changing. So the things that used to really cheese me off six months ago don't bother me anymore. Hey, I am a work in progress. There are other things, <laughs> let me tell you, right? But there are things that I think I would never have reacted like that six months ago. But I'm reacting like it now. I've changed. I love changing. Yeah. We should love changing. And as I say, you, saints, have the mind of Christ. If you call yourself a Christian, you have the mind of Christ. So what does that mean? It means you are able to change. You are able to take captive every thought for Jesus and change and make it submit to the will of Jesus because there is only one law now and that is the law of love. So everything that is happening to you, you can take it, take control of it for Jesus Christ and submit it to the law of love. Do you understand what that does when you do that? Do you understand what happens? Let me tell you, I can say this today because Joe isn't here. I don't talk about it out of respect for him. Not that he cares, right? Because I had to go to court to defend my right to parent my son. Because somebody said, I can do it better. And do you know what? I pray Jesus. I pray. I represented myself, by the way. The judge mentioned how marvelous I was. <laughs> true fact. True fact. Okay? This happens to couples all the time when they split up, by the way. I'm not unique. So you see, my experience, if it can help anyone, it was a duty on me to do it the godly way. Yeah. 
so that I could support the people. You see, the Bible tells us, the devil has asked to sift you like wheat, but I have prayed the Father. And when you come back, you will strengthen your brethren. Do you understand why I had to do it God's way? Where you're standing in a court and somebody is saying things about you and you want to cry up and go, that is a lie. That is from the pit of hell. That is wickedness. But instead you turn around and you say, I love you. I love you. I am committed to co-parenting with you for the benefit of my son. Why? Because it behoves upon me to live my life in love. I will not live in bitterness. I will not live in resentment. And I will not infect my child with that. Do you understand how important it is? Sort your mess out, church. That day, when I said those words, outside the court, his father turned around in tears and said to me, I never meant it to go this far. Will you forgive me? What's my choice? What's my choice? There ain't no choice. I forgive you. It's like it never happened. Let's move on and parent. That's how you live. And I'm not saying, oh, do it Andrew's way. Look at her talking about herself. Isn't she amazing? I have dearly bought this stuff. And I'm a work in progress. I've told you I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. Some of you know how imperfect I am. God knows how imperfect I am, but he loves me nevertheless. But if I can live it out in a court of law, come on, we can all do it. Your bitterness, your resentment, your envy, your hurt, your railing against God to have things change because it benefits you and not the people around you, not the saints. Not the lost. Church, clean your mess up. I love you. God loves you more. But I love you. And I will help you. That's what this word is all about. This is not condemnation. This is encouragement. Thank you for that this morning. Because time is short. People are going back to be with Jesus. Don't we rejoice that John gets to go to heaven? But we know people who die who don't. Be honest. Time is short. And we are Christ on this earth. Let's set our houses in order. If there is anything that is between you and your brothers, put it right. Time is short. Put it right. Enough. Put it right. You get me? Good. Point two. I'm tamping. (laughs) I'm not. Because I'm lovely. Okay, point two. But I didn't mean to say any of that. I don't even know where I am. Okay, why is this important? Because faith supplies the answers. Do you see? Because it is about communication and communicating with your sovereign Lord, which affects and empowers our communication with each other. But you know what? That is all based in faith. Faith that God is for you, not against you. Yes? Faith that God loves you with an endless love. He loves you, church. And that's where we stand. His faith is supreme. His gospel is supreme. His sovereignty is supreme. Everything about him is supreme. So don't reduce him to what he can and can't do. You see, it isn't his ability that is the problem. It is our limited view of his ability that is the problem. Right? His ability is mammoth. His gifts, endless. His peace, Passes understanding. Everything he is surpasses what you are able to think or believe or know. But it's our understanding of that which holds us back. Because we think he can only answer in one way. 
don't we, sometimes? If he answered it this way, that would be fine. But he'll answer it how he answers it. And if you have to wait for it, gosh, isn't that worth waiting for? Isn't that worth waiting for? I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord. I get that now. I get that. Because you get to wait than to dwell in the house of the wicked. Do you know what? I'll do anything for you, God. I'll do anything. I'll open the doors. I'll shake up the mats. I'll dust the skirting boards. I'll do anything if I get to be in your house with you. That's our attitude. That's where we get to. That's where we supplicate. It's not about people. It's not about your relationship with people or the breakdown of your relationship with people. Okay? It's about your relationship with God and how that affects your relationship with people. You get it? I'm getting it. I'm all over it. Okay, so here we go. Um, Lee, could we possibly put up the Galatians verse, please? Right? Habakkuk talks about there's no fruit. Now, we need to question sometimes why there is no fruit. We need to look at our life and our attitude, absolutely. And you spoke before in your Thrive series, Pastor, didn't you, about pruning. I love that. Pruning hurts. A bit uncomfortable. But those bits need to be cut off, don't they? Mm. But Galatians 5 is all about the cutting off. You right there? Okay. I'm over here. Let's read it together. I love Galatians. Yes, Anybody else? Yeah. Have you read it? Oh, well done. <laughs> okay, here we go. Galatians 5, from the start. Go straight in. There's no messing about. Hold on, about. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Mark my words. I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourself be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is required to obey the whole law. There was compromise, you see, in the church of Galatia. Big falling out. And it was people saying, well, you can't be a Christian unless you actually circumcise yourself. Or there are small years here. Ruth Wheeler, don't don't listen. Somebody explain to Ruth Wheeler later what that means. Okay? Um, So this is, well, you can't be one if you're not circumcised. People go, no, you don't need to be. And there was all this, oh, falling out over, kaulach, oh, this is a good Welsh word, over nothing. Over the most minute petty details. They're missing the big point. It's faith in Jesus Christ. Yeah? I've told you, the law now is love. We go on. Okay? You who are trying to be justified by law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. But by faith, we eagerly await through the spirit of right, the righteousness for which we hope. Oh, amen. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Do you understand how important it is? You can have faith for all things. You can have faith for anything. But if it isn't expressing itself as love, then it is not faith. For Jesus Christ is love. Why is he love? Because God is love. We've got God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. God is love. Jesus is love. The law you submit yourself to now, and we do submit, is love. And how do we love? We love. The Bible tells us so clearly. We love by how we serve other people. 
That's the only thing that counts. Faith expressing itself as love. If the expression of your faith isn't love, I would say you need to take a step back and look at why that is. Okay? Because a lack of fruit, as we say, we check our attitude, we prune, God prunes, we sort ourselves out, and then we wait. We wait for the Lord. Be strong. Psalm 27. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. He doesn't leave you alone. He doesn't leave you alone. You can feel lonely, but you need to know that God never leaves you alone. He is in and through everything. Jesus Christ will never leave you alone. He adores you. He adores you. He adores you. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Your answer will come. It will come, but wait on the Lord. There is in here... I love this. And this was something that I was reading. I got it from the Chief Nursing Officers Conference, you know. <laughs> I just happened to be there knocking about with Professor Jean. Um, I didn't. I didn't know who she was. I started a conversation with her over Victoria Sponge, and I didn't know who she was. And, <laughs> and then she stood up to give the keynote speech. I went, all right, yeah. Okay, so I feel I represented the health board really well that day. Please don't tell my managers. That's what happened. Okay? Uh, did you see her? Yes, what did you say? She loves Victoria Sponge. <laughs> Nothing. Did you ask her about funding? No. But she likes a good layer of jam in between. <laughs> oh, honestly. Honestly, and they pay me to do that. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I do try, you know. Anyway, right, we're back on it. Our freedom is real in Jesus, yes? Our freedom is real. You agree? Yeah. Our salvation is real in Jesus. You agree? Yeah. Love is real. Yeah, okay, so this is a thing, this is marvellous, okay? This is about, so, the only thing that matters is faith in love, yes? So this is a thing, it's by a professor, so it's a proper thing. You can borrow this book after to have a read of if you want. It is called, okay, it's about happiness and why happiness matters. Now, in America, we had this conversation this earlier, see, God directs everything, doesn't he? In America, most people describe themselves as unhappy, 80% of people describe themselves as unhappy because they have mistaken the pursuit of pleasure with happiness. Yeah. yeah? Okay. What this does, Professor Barbara, she calls herself Barb on her blog. I love that. Professor Barbara Fredrickson has this thing called the positivity ratio. This is a really good thing to do. Okay? It's a, pop, it's a proper psychological evidence-based thing. Okay? I'm not just showing you something from Cosmo magazine. You know, one of those quizzes. <laughs> All right? And there's a questionnaire. There's about 20 questions. And it, some of them are things like, when did you laugh so hard that um, it was uncontrollable? Okay? And you do it over a 24-hour period. So it isn't your general demeanor and state. It is specific. But then another question is, when did you feel deep contentment and joy? So you see, you may not have laughed all day, but that doesn't mean you don't have a sense of deep contentment and joy. Yeah? And part of it, it says, some of us are more predisposed to positivity than others. We have a baseline ratio. And that's what this kind of works out. Is that, so some of us are more positive than other people. That's a given. We're all different. That's the way we are. But it says that your happiness, this positivity, this actual way that you are, only 10% of that depends on circumstantial issues. Right? It's minute when you think about your whole life, isn't it? So we say, oh, if only this changed, if only that changed, if it was this instead of this, if it was that instead of that, if it was 10% of it is circumstances, 40% of it 
depends on intentional interaction. Your positivity, your emotional well-being, your happiness, for want of a better word, hinges on your intentional activity. And that can be things like volunteering, working, hobbies. But I would say for the Christian, our happiness hinges directly on this. That the only thing that matters is faith revealing itself through love. And that is an intentional stance for your life. So you're volunteering, you're serving, you're going to school, you're going to college, you're going to work, your interactions with people, 40% of that indicator affects your happiness. And if you're happier, you'll be happier around other people. If you're happier around other people, you'll make people happy. If you're around a happy person, they make you happy. If you're around a miserable person, you will feel drained. You will feel like you have worked with that person. That you have really, you know, instead of it being free-flowing and smooth and fluid, and love just is reciprocal, isn't it? You know, I give it, it comes back. I give it, it comes back. I give it, it comes back. You do that, you watch how happy your life gets. And happy isn't a disposable word. Happy isn't a denigrated word. Happy isn't a word that I think, oh gosh, what does happy mean? Like being nice. No, 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 no. You know what? Happy people make happy people. I want to be happy. How many of you want to be happy? Please, a show of hands. How many of you want to be happy? All of you. We all want to be happy. That's all we want. I'm telling you, friends, it hinges on your relationship with Jesus Christ and your relationship with other people because of your relationship with Jesus Christ. You understand? Now then, and the final bit. God is sovereign. Anybody arguing with that? Good. Just checking. Right. (laughs) Though we fear and doubt, and you know what? God understands. God gets it. Though we fear and doubt, his sovereignty is undiminished by your fear and doubt okay and this is what i mean by sometimes we misunderstand the intentions of god not because his intentions are anything other than good but because of the way we are feeling because of the perceptions we bring with us because of that emotional baggage we feel god is one way or not acting a certain way or withholding certain things and that is never the case church god is good all the time all the time Regardless of your feelings and your intentions and what people have done to you, God is good all the time. Nothing can alter the course of God's will for your life. You understand? People cannot alter the course of God's will for your life. Do you get, right? You heard that? But we often, because we have nowhere to go with it and it's easier, we focus on a person as the thing that is going to do us down. But I'm going to tell you this today, right? That's not faith. Because it's not faith if you use your eyes. It's faith if you engage everything that is in you, in your spirit and soul and heart and all of your love to engage with Christ your saviour and wait on him instead of making people your enemy. Because we do. We make anybody... You know, people make celebrities their enemy, don't they? You know, you hear about random people just murdering celebrities on the street or they make a whole race their enemy. Or they make a whole religion their enemy. If we make any person our enemy, we're no better than them. 
We're no better than them. People are not our problem. People are our provision. That's a Charlotte Gamble preach. If you can get that on podcast, it's amazing. People are not your problem. People are not my problem. People are my provision. God sends people on your journey to help you along the way. Whether it's to teach you patience, whether it's to teach you love, whether it's to teach you anything. People are not our problem. People are our provision. You get it? Do you understand? This is amazing stuff that God is trying to say. Because I think God is trying to say, I love you so much and I've got work to do. Now let's get on with it. God wants to go to work. And you know what? He will go to work. But how gracious is he in saying, I'd really love it if I could get to work through you. But that depends on our relationship with him. You see, if you aren't committed 100% to him, he goes, do you know what? Um, I see that you're telling people that you're doing the right thing and you're acting like you're doing the right thing, but I know deep down your heart isn't mine. I can't use you. If we're acting or pretending, God knows. (laughs) God will not be mocked. You can't fool him. So you can be saying all the right things and singing all the right things and reading all the right things and doing all the right things. But if your heart isn't loving the right things. He goes, I can't use you. I can't use you. I want to be used. Does anybody want to be used? I really want God to use me. I really want God to use me. And that's why together, collectively, we're accountable to each other, aren't we? Aren't we? Iron sharpens iron. We are collectively together to say, hey, you've done a great job. Come on, let's go. (laughs) Equally, for somebody to come alongside you and say, could do better. I love you, but that wasn't okay. Now, how do we move on together? That's okay. That doesn't have to be personal criticism. That is somebody loving me enough to have a difficult conversation with me. That means I get better at stuff I do. Love it. Love it. Nobody likes being told. But deep down, you've got to love it. Because if it means I'm becoming more Christ-like and God's using me more, I love it. I learn to love it. Engage your will to love, church. That's what today is all about. It's about your communication with God. It's a communication with others. You're all waiting for an answer about something. Your answer may be to wait and see what God is going to do. Because he is for you, not against you. Yeah? Can the band come up? Because I am almost done. And if you don't come up, I'll just keep going. That's, that's, the, that's the problem. Oh, they're not up here, right? Then that, that must mean I keep going. Okay. So, you know, so good. So if I don't say that, that's it. You know what? God is our only hope in all things, through all things, for all things, because of all things. God is our only hope and he sent Jesus Christ for us. Yes. Amazing. Church, I want you to know today that you are so loved and I want you to know today that you are brave, but you need to engage that will to love others. Communicate openly and freely with your Father in heaven. Take your concerns and complaints to him and then transform them into a prayer of triumphant faith to the glory of God the Father. And watch him change your life. Watch him change your life. He says, test me in this. Test me in this. My challenge to you is, see how you change when you commit everything to God the Father. God bless you. Have a fantastic week. We're going to stick around for Engage, which is going to be amazing. And there's food, which is my favorite thing of all, after Jesus. Okay, so have a lovely week. Thank you, everyone.
This message was brought to you by ABC Church. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org or search for us on Facebook or Twitter. You can also contact us by phone on 01269 59 6000.